Amen. Well, you ready for the word of God? Oh, gosh. Come on, church. Help me out here. <laughs> Are you ready for the word of God? Yes. Amen. Let's get ready to rumble. You know, <laughs> you know, we have to be excited about the word. We have to be, you know, anticipating that I'm going to say something that's going to help you change your life and, and make a difference in the way you're living. You have to draw from me. OK, come draw from me. <laughs> Pull it out. Pull out something that I have, that I've learned, that I know, that you need to know to, you know, um, better your life. I do that when I go to church. I'm, come on, come on, preacher. Tell me something I don't know, right? Lord, I want to hear. Lord, I have a request. I need to hear from you. Amen? You know, my wife, she did that. She, uh, she, was, she had a shoulder problem and an elbow problem. And she said, Lord, uh, I just need you to tell me how to overcome this. And she went to her hairdresser, and the hairdresser, who's been doing this for a long time, had some exercises, real easy exercises to do. And my wife's been looking on the internet for the longest time and couldn't find the exercise that would help her. All of a sudden, because she cried out to the Lord, the Lord showed her, and her hairdresser gave it, and now her arm and her leg are doing, her arm and her elbow are doing great. Amen. Amen? Call out to the Lord. Do you know that... Um, what is this when you, uh, anesthesia? You know where anesthesia came from? A doctor that was sitting in church and he heard about Adam and Eve and how God put Eve, you know, or Adam at rest and pulled the rib out. And the Lord said, I can show you how to do that. How to, how to, how to lower the heart rate and, and lower everything and, and to be able to pull and do operations in church. The doctor, so come on, church, something that I can say maybe is going to change. That's what I needed to know, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So today we're going to talk about we, the habitation of God. And let me pray so that God is in on this. Father, I just thank you that as we, as we minister your word, that you'll touch your people, that they'll be encouraged, enlightened, and strengthened, and to do your will to the best of their will. And I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. amen. So we're talking about we, the habitation of God. And most of us like to say, I, the habitation of God. They, they don't like to put the we in there. You know, I'm fine with the Lord and me, but these other people, I don't know if I can put up with them, them we's. <laughs> but God says, I, I need the we to be part of this. He said, I wish that they would be one as we are one. He wants us all to be one. In Acts, when they were at the, uh, in the, the upper room, they were all in one accord, and then the Lord came. So when we come together here in this church, we're supposed to bring all of our gifts, all of our talents, all of what we know about God together so that we can be a habitation of God. God can come in and dwell with us. Because you don't, when you're by yourself, all you know is what you know about God. But when you come together, you hear what other people know about God and how other people have gotten blessed, like BJ, like Rosie. You know, when you hear testimonies, I remember hearing the testimony from Mario Murillo, Murillo on how he got blessed from the Lord. The Lord gave him a, a BMW from a dealer, and he, he relayed the story. He was working in San Francisco to bring people to uh, repentance and deliverance. And he, would, he had done that for like three years. And I don't know how, how many hundreds of thousands of people got dedicated to the Lord in the midst of all that uh, rebellion that was going on. And so afterwards, he asked the Lord, said, Lord, I would like, you know, for all my labor, a BMW. And so the Lord blessed him with that. And in my mind, I'm saying, 
I told the Lord, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could ask you for things like that. Because he went into a dealership, and the, the dealer had it just, put, it was put on his heart to give him that. And when he, after he did it, he became the top 10 salesman in all of the nation. I said, oh, I see how it works. You bless the man of God, and then God blesses you. Amen? So I've learned that, that I don't worry about giving to people because I know the Lord's going to bless me. Amen? Even sometimes people give what, you know, beyond their means, and I don't refuse it because I know the Lord's going to bless them. When the little woman gave those two mites, God didn't say, oh, no, woman, keep your two mites. Right? You, that's what we normally would say. You need that. No, she blessed the Lord, and we don't know what happened to her. But when we come together, back to our topic, we, the habitation of God, God comes, and there's an anointing, a corporate anointing when we come together. Did you know that? Okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> Amen. Paul said when you come together, there's a hymn, there's a song, there's a doctrine. Everybody has a word to say. Amen? So we bring our gifts and our talents uh, that we have individually into the house of the Lord and we become his habitation. Next uh, scripture. So when we come together in Psalms 100, 1 through 3, it says, make a shout, a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Some of you say, no, uh, Pastor, we don't shout. We're, that's just not the way we are. <laughs> so when the Lord told the children of Israel to shout, when they went around the walls of Jericho, what did they say? Oh, no, Lord, we don't, we don't shout. We might just kind of softly say something. But I know Jesus had to have shouted, don't you think? Didn't he minister to 5,000 people? How, how do you think he ministered? Did he say, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Can't hear you. <laughs> Can you speak up a little bit in the back here? I can't hear you. No, he had to shout. When Lazarus, when he raised Lazarus, what did he say? Lazarus, come on. No, he said, come, Lazarus, come forth, right? He had to call him out. So we have to speak to situations, and we have to shout. Say shout. Shout. Amen. Break the walls that are, are holding you back, the financial walls, the, the relationship walls, the things that are holding you. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, thinking about, back to we the habitation, I just want to remind you guys that the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Do you know what that means? That means don't, don't poo-poo church. <laughs> don't, don't say, I, I'm, I, I've been to church you know, last week, I'm not going this week. No, you're supposed to go to church every Sunday. Did you know that? Amen. Some of you do, some of you don't. But I'm, <laughs> I know when I, was, when I was being raised in the, in the church, I had the assistant pastor, he took me under his wing and he was teaching me. And so I was doing a lot of things for the Lord and working with him. And then one Sunday I said, I'm just going to take this Sunday off. I'm just going to read and pray and just spend time with him, which seems like a good thing to do, right? Well, on Monday he calls me and said, where were you? I said, well, I was, you know, fellowshipping with the Lord. I was praying and reading. And believe me, it wasn't that good because... I was supposed to be in the house of the Lord. He said, when the family has dinner, guess what? You're supposed to go to the dinner table. You're not supposed to go fast food somewhere. You come to the table and you eat what God has for you as this church. And so I want to encourage you that come together every week and be blessed and let God bless you. 
So it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, right? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. So if you're glad, let your hands know it. Let your face know it. <laughs> and smile a little bit, amen? Be happy. Be excited about the Lord, amen? Why are we excited about the Lord? Because we know he's going to help us in whatever we're doing. We, we can't, and we're going to play a song at the end about how we're supposed to smile in the midst of situations that you wouldn't normally smile about. But God loves that when we can look at a situation and just laugh at it and say, I know my God <laughs> is able. Amen? Amen, amen Virginia? Yeah, can I get an amen out there? Okay. So, so come before his presence with... And then and this verse says singing. We're supposed to sing unto the Lord, right? Even if you can't sing, you're supposed to sing unto the Lord. Come before his, not, not, not complaining, not murmuring. Come before his presence with singing. You know, when you go to, uh, if you were in the Old Testament, if you were a cupbearer of the king and you were serving him and you had a frown on your face or you had a bad attitude, you know what happened to them? Whew, off with their head. That's pretty serious. So when you come to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and you're moping and pouting and fussing and, oh, Lord, why haven't you done this? And where have you been? And how come? And how come? He should just strike you down and say, you know what? I don't need that kind of talk right now. <laughs> all right, I'm just trying to make it real for you all, okay? I'm just trying to make it real. Not that we would do any of that. Oh, no, God forbid. That might be the church down the street. But <laughs> it says, come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. That's what we have to know, that he is God. God can do anything that we ask him to do if we can just get in line with what he wants us to do. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We talked about this last week. Oh, how nice it is to be the sheep of his pasture. How glorious it is, right? Little cuddly, fluffy little sheep. But what we found out was the sheep, it's not really a compliment. The sheep are kind of, well, they're not that intelligent. I know, it's sad, isn't it? We, we've never seen a sheep do any tricks in the circus, have we? They, they, don't, they don't know any tricks. They're just there. <laughs> so it's not really, you know, I, I thought, okay, we, we are God's favorite. But we are, but he, he knows that we're, our ways are not his ways. He has to teach us and lead us and guide us because the sheep are so dumb that when they get to, uh, next slide, when they get to the, uh, next slide, next slide, uh, when they get to a, a cliff and they're following each other, if one goes off the cliff, the other one just follows and goes off the cliff as well. Now that's pretty dumb, isn't it? But yes, sheep here, we see one person go the wrong way, what, we just follow no, maybe that was yesteryear, huh? <laughs> no, you shouldn't be dating that guy. No, he'll take you the wrong way. Oh, I just, but I just think, he, I just think he's going to, you know, straighten out, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, I got some veterans here. They, they know that, okay? Yeah. All right, ne next slide. <laughs> now, sheep will graze in a, in a, in a place. So long until when they eat all the roots, they don't even know to move to another pasture. They're, they're just stuck. They just, they don't know that they're supposed to go. 
Next slide. Now, a sheep, now this is, this is amazing to me that a sheep, if they go upside down, that's it. They'll, they'll die there. They need a shepherd to come and straighten them out, straighten them, you know, lift them up. And you can see his friend, he don't know what to do. <laughs> but a shepherd has to go four or five times a day to find these sheep that are upended, right? That are upside down. Now, are you upside down in anything in your life? Are your finances upside down? Is your relationships upside down? Is your job situations upside down? You know, you have to write, let the good shepherd, and let's see the good shepherd here, put us on the right path, right? Your word is a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He will show you the way. Stay close to the shepherd and you won't have these problems. Amen? Amen. Okay, now we're going to get into something a little new. Uh, let's move on. We're talking about in Ephesians 2.1. It says that, that, that Jesus came. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Did you know that? We, we were dead. We didn't need just a little counseling. We didn't need just a little help. We just didn't need a little straightening out. Our spirits were dead. The Bible says in Ephesians that when we were without Christ, we were aliens from the commonwealth of of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's pretty serious. No hope and no God. And you hear a lot of people say, are, are you a Christian? No, but I'm spiritual. Well, what does that mean? You're spiritual, but you don't have God and you don't have company. You don't have a common, you don't have a covenant with God. That's what David, when he fought Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine. Who is this person that doesn't have a covenant? I have a covenant with God. I can, I can fight you, fight you, fight you, or you or anybody else. Come on, brother. Come on, big boy. <laughs> and the Bible says David ran to Goliath. He didn't hide and wait for him to come. He ran to him. We have to run to our problems and know that God is a covenant-keeping God. He will back you up. He, he will defend you. He will bring you in, into uh, deliverance. I'm looking at Norma. She's shaking her head. Her, her, her uh, husband had some serious health issues, serious health issues, and she called on the name of the Lord, and he delivered him, and he's back at home, and he's well, and he's glorifying the woman that he married who, who called on the God that she, he, that she serves. And we saw the victory because she knows how to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen? The Bible says that he withholds no good gift from us. Can you imagine that? That it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He'll fight for you. He'll fight for you to the very end. In fact, uh, Charlie has a testimony. Is Charlie still here? Here he is. How many of you are believing for loved ones that haven't accepted the Lord yet? Yes. Every, just about everybody. Well, you can't give up. God will be there for you. He'll fight for those that, that uh, you're believing. The Bible says that we and our whole household shall be saved. So Charlie had a little uh, situation. Good morning. To start with, and happy Valentine's Day. Uh, about two weeks ago, my daughter-in-law had a serious stroke. And she was paralyzed on her left side. And uh, 
being paralyzed on your left side is not a fun thing. Having a stroke is not a fun thing. And she was in the hospital and she had to go to a rehab hospital. While she was in the hospital, we went to visit her. And let me go back to 2003 when we had this major fire out in Rancho Cucamonga and it burned up half California, at least southern, half Southern California. They had to come live with me. They live in Lytle Creek. They couldn't get through because of the fire. So they had to live with me for about a week and a half. And it was miserable for me and for them. And I talked to my daughter-in-law. My son accepted the Lord early in life. And I talked to my daughter-in-law about accepting the Lord. She says, I'm not ready. You know, and I asked her, when are you going to be ready? Well, since then, we've gone to sunrise services together. And she knows of the Lord. So she was laying in her bed, and I approached her, and I says, Lisa, are you ready to accept the Lord now? And she says, yes. So I prayed with her. She accepted the Lord. And then she shared with me that the other day, her, her mom had a brain aneurysm, and she'd been taking care of her. So she was sharing with me as she was coming home from work, and she said, it felt like a hand was on her head. And then a voice whispered in her ear saying, it's going to be okay. So that was the Lord talking to her, preparing her heart. And then when I got the opportunity to share the Lord with her, she accepted the Lord. There was crying. I mean, there was tears of joy. And I told her that the angels and God was rejoicing in heaven. Now she is able to walk, and this has been two weeks. She's able to walk using a cane, and she can move her left arm a little bit and move her fingers like this a little bit. So the Lord is working on her, and I had prayer with her day before yesterday, and I told her that the Lord is going to restore her to full health. You know. This is not the first time that I've had an opportunity to witness to someone. And I won't go into it, but the Lord is there. If you have a loved one, our friend, our family member, don't give up on them. Keep lifting them up to the Lord. If you hound them, they'll go away. Lift them up to the Lord. The seed's already been planted. Let the Lord water that seed and nurture it and bring it to full bloom. He'll do that for them. Just praise the Lord. Amen. Good job, Charlie. Thank you. Amen. You got to be there at the time that they're ready to receive the Lord. Amen. So Ephesians 2.19, let's look at this scripture. Now, therefore, we were without hope, without God, without promise, but now... Because of Christ, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Amen? And next scripture is, And having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, that's you guys, say whole building, whole being fitted together, they fit it together. together. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Say holy temple. Holy, holy temple. 
Do you see the key words here? The whole building, that's us, fits together and grows in a holy temple in the Lord. So every gift that you have, God is using it when we come to the house of the Lord. For instance, for instance, say that I'm here and I'm preaching and for some reason I have a glass of water and it spills, okay? There's seven gifts that can come into operation if you're sitting in the, in the congregation. One may be a service gift. Someone would say, oh, let me help you with that, Pastor. Let me clean it up. That, that's a service gift. A mercy gift would be, oh, Pastor, you were doing so good. <laughs> How unfortunate that was. Somebody that exhorts would say, Pastor, you're still a great preacher. You're don't let that bother you. You just keep going, right? <laughs> a teacher would look at it and say, you know what, Pastor, what you need to do is get a little stand here so that you can put it over here, and that way you can have a, you know, the bottle there, and you won't, you won't knock it off. That, that's what a teacher would do. Now, someone that is, is administrative would say, you know, uh, I, I can make a little stand for you. I, I can build it, that'd be Sean. I can build this for you, and, and it, you know, it'll, it'll be plexiglass, it'll match the, the, the pulpit. And then somebody in the back who, who contributes says, I'll pay for it, whatever it costs, I'll, I'll put up the money. And then Darlene, who prophesied, she said, bless the Lord, this will never happen again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so all the gifts can come into fruition when you come together. Everybody looks at things in a different way. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's look at this. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. In whom also you are built together for a dwelling place or habitation of God in the Spirit. When we all come together, God is able to dwell and he has more access because there's a corporate anointing. Everyone is corporately uh, involved and together. Okay, next scripture. So, I, I did this with Raina last, last week when I said, are you the body of Christ? Yes. She said yes, but she's not the body, right? I'm part. She's part of the body, right. right? When you see an arm running, if you see my arm running down the street, you don't go, well, there goes Pastor Shaq. No, that's, that's just my arm. The whole body has to be together, right? For the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Next scripture says, there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. That means if one hurts, we all hurt. If one's having trouble, we're supposed to help each other. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Can we say that? <laughs> when someone's hurting, do we rejoice? I mean, do we go to their aid or do we just sit back and go, well, they made their bed, let them lay in it, right? No. Let me see that picture. See, when your hand hurts, your whole body hurts. Is that not right? You bring all the attention that you can to get that hand to work. Now, here's, here's, here's the next scripture. Now, here's, there's two types of people here. There's an umpire, and then there's a lifeguard. What does an umpire do? Huh? He judges. He calls them out. He says, ah, that's wrong. Right there, you're out. You're gone. Right? You stepped over the line, or you, you got tagged out. You're, you're out. You're gone, right? And what, what do we do in life? You, know, you stepped over the line, okay, you're, you're, you, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, you're out, I'm not having fellowship with you anymore, 
You know, you, you, you should have known better, right? Is that what we do? Uh, or you can be this guy here, the lifeguard. What does the lifeguard do? He saves people. Does he judge them? Does he say, well, you know, I don't really like, you see somebody drowning, I don't really like that person that much. They kind of snub me coming onto my beach. You know, I don't like the way they look. Their hair is not that good looking. And, you know, I don't, I, they might have been on drugs. I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to go save them. He doesn't look at their race. He doesn't look at their color. He doesn't look at their education. He doesn't look at if they're tall, if they're short, if they're skinny or not. He just goes and what? Saves them. We don't judge people. We go and save them. But we have an we have a, we have a expertise in calling people out. You know that, don't you? You know, I used to be an umpire. And I used to, I used to like to call people out. You know, when they were out, you know, you, you develop a little technique with it. You know, you're, like, mm, you're, you're gone, you know. And then you can get, like, creative with it. Like, on the, on the strike three, you go, you're out of there. <laughs> right? You like that? I love that when they, when they made it out. You're, you're, you're gone, you know. But see, we do that in Christianity. But we do, you know, we develop our technique. We go, well... So-and-so is in trouble. I tried to talk to them about it, but they wouldn't listen. And you know they need help because you know what they did this time? Well, let me tell you. And they're out of there. We, 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 get, real we get real sophisticated with our calling people out. <laughs> we need to be expertise in saving people. Charlie didn't say, you know what? He didn't go to the hospital and say, you know what? I tried to tell you about the Lord, and because you're not, this stroke came upon you. Right? He could have said that. He could have said, you know, I tried to warn you, but, you know, there you are. No, he had compassion. Now, next scripture says, now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now, I'm going to show you a picture of the most evil person in the body of Christ. Are you ready? Don't show it yet. Now, hopefully it's not a picture of, not a picture of one of you out here. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You'd probably leave the church, right? <laughs> okay, here is the most evil member of the body of Christ. There it is right there. <laughs> Disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> well, this, this tongue will get you in trouble. You know, the Bible says he watches every word that comes out of your mouth. Did you know that? You have to give account for it. Why did you say that? Remember in, in a TV show of Seinfeld, George, because we have, to, we have to give account to what we say. What we say, we have to, you know, follow it up. George Costanza was in a meeting, business meeting, and he got upset about something. So he went off and he said, you know, I quit. I quit. I, don't want, you know, I can't work in this organization any longer. So he got up and he left. So the, he, he went home and he kind of was thinking about it. He said, why did I do that? He kind of remorseful. He said, I'll just go back and pretend like I didn't say it. <laughs> so he gets in the meeting and the boss comes in and they're working and they go, George, what are you doing here? He says, it's time for the meeting. He goes, no, you, you, you quit yesterday. He's, oh, that, oh, just, oh, that was, I was just blowing off steam, you know. There's no, oh, no, George, you said it and that's it. 
You can't unscramble eggs. <laughs> You're, you, you have to do what you say. So, but here's the thing with, with that tongue. In, in James 3, 5, and 6, it talks about the tongue. It says, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. Let's see the, the next slide. A little, see, that's a forest fire. You say one thing, they tell another person, and they tell another person, and they tell another person. You heard the story about the guy that he asked, he asked his friend, can you keep a secret? He goes, yeah, but I, the people that I tell, they can't keep the secret. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? I'll just tell a few of my close friends, and, they'll, and then they tell a few of their close friends. And before you know it, you got a forest fire here. Okay, let's go back to the first slide. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell itself. What does that mean? That means you're talking about the same thing that the devil is accusing us of. It comes from hell. It comes from the hell headquarters. When you accuse, the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren, right? So when you're accusing somebody, you're doing the devil's work. And he's just sitting back going, yeah, go, go. Talk about it. Bring them down. Cause them pain, right? Now, there, there's a way of talking about things. Did you know that? You, you're, we're supposed to encourage one another. Like a mother trying to correct the son that's going to school. She could say, you know, you need to stop goofing off at school. Pay attention. Start learning something so you don't grow up to be a deadhead and be a loser all your life. Now, I know no one has ever said that here. But the best way of saying it for a son, I mean, for a mother would be, son, I know you, you can apply yourself today and learn some things that will make you great and fulfill all of God's plans for you. Isn't that a better way of saying it? It, it, it lifts them up and encourages them. Um, now, this might be from, from wives to husbands. <laughs> you know, you never spend any time with me. You're always too busy doing your own thing, and I'm tired of being ignored. This is just hypothetical. Uh, <laughs> Does it apply to anybody here in this room? <laughs> it could be a different way of saying it, right? How about this? I know you're busy taking care of us, and I really appreciate that, but I really miss you and your company. Is there anything that we could do together that we can be a part of so I could be with you? Better, Better huh? Better. And you know what he'd probably say? Let's go, let's go to the football game. <laughs> let's watch football. Okay, as we conclude here. Now, how do we get this attitude and this love on the inside of us? Because we're not naturally this way, are we? We're not naturally just kind and thoughtful. Next slide. And next slide. Okay. Oh, here's the problem. See, with our mouths, in James 3, 9, and 10, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. Oh, Lord, we just love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. You're so wonderful. And, but so-and-so is just a mess. <laughs> They need help, and I just can't take it anymore. No, you have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. 
We have to what? Wash our mouth out with soap? That's what my mother used to do. No. We have to wash our heart with the love of God and the word of God. And so here's how we do it in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, see, you put these in your heart so that they manifest out of your mouth. No man can control the tongue, but the Lord can get a hold of your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So love endures long and is what? Patient and kind. Are you that way? Can you say that? Pastor Chuck endures long and is patient and kind? If you can't say that, then you have to put that in on the inside of you so that it manifests. The word of God is seed planted into the ground that when it grows, it produces fruit. And the Bible says that the, the seed doesn't even know how it's done. The, per, the, the ground, it's not the, the ground just receives the seed and then all of a sudden it sprouts up. Love, God's loveliness does not insist on its own rights or its own way for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account Say no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to, the, to a suffered wrong. Well, you, 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 don't, you won't believe what they did to you, Sylvia. Did you see how they were talking? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Really? I didn't take account. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. I didn't know. It goes right through you. It doesn't hit you in your heart. You know how it is. You ever watch soap operas? And they're yelling at each other, aren't they? Do you get upset? Watching it? A little bit, but not as much as if they were yelling at you. But why? Because it's not in you. Jesus said, they come to tempt me, but they'll find nothing in me. Let's go next scripture. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Well, I just can't bear up under this. This is too much for me. The Bible says that love can. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person? Can you do that? If you can't do that, put this in your heart and watch God work. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. I can't endure it, but love can. Love never fails. Amen? Amen. You got your marching orders? Yes. You got your assignment? Put the love of God in you. Be a, be a what? A lifeguard? Not an umpire? Not judging people? Bible says judge no man before the time. There's still plenty of time. For the Lord to work in their life. Let me see this next scripture. So I pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Well, let's look at these, these people. Let's look at some happy people. Do they look happy? I don't even know if these guys are Christians or not, but they look happy. Let's look at the next slide. There they are. Is this, is this the way you're working? If they took a picture at work, is, would it look like that? <laughs> How about this next slide? These kids are happy. We, we forget that we're supposed to put a smile on our face and be happy. Can you smile a while? Because God is working for your good. Amen? Amen. Let me just uh, pray a blessing over you according to Numbers 6. As God has commanded to speak to his people. I'm sorry, Numbers 8. Are you smiling out there? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, all right. You got it running in you? Oh, let me see the smile. Come on, let me see the smiles. Smile, 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 smile. You got a smile? <laughs> smile, smile. Take a picture now, smile. <laughs> 
I just smile. I don't know how this, I don't know how the words go, but I like the beat. <laughs> okay, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you rest. Let him smile upon you and let you smile to him. In Jesus' name, we thank you for today's service. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen.